This episode is brought to you by Upcase. Now that you've mastered the basics, Upcase makes it easy for you to take the next step. Not a boot camp or a MOOC, we're a finishing school. We'll show you how the best developers around tackle coding challenges, what their backgrounds are, and how they got to where they are. Stick with us, and soon you'll be taking the junior out of your title. Learn more at upcase.com. Giant robots smashing into other giant robots. This is the Giant Robots Smashing into Other Giant Robots podcast. I'm your host, Chad Pytel, and with me today is Anders Brownworth, the chief evangelist at Circle. Anders, thanks for joining me. Thank you. So you've been there three years, you said, or a little over three years? Uh, that's years. right, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So how yeah. has the company changed since you uh, joined? A tiny bit. <laughs> uh, we've grown from uh, just the few that were there when I showed. I was basically the first out, outside hire uh, mm-hmm. of uh, what I'll just call the Jeremy Allaire Mafia. Um, so, uh, so I came in, what, about uh, 10 or 12 people. And then now we're you know above a hundred, so it's uh, quite different. And uh, we actually just moved offices, so instead of looking out the window to a nice brick wall, uh, we actually have a view. <laughs> so it's, it's nice. And you have um, offices all over the world, right? We do. Yeah, we're in London, in Dublin, uh, of course, here in in Boston, where most of our, our people are, uh, and we have offices in San Fran and uh, also in China, yeah. in Beijing. So before we get yeah. too far ahead of ourselves, I don't want to put words in your mouth. So why don't you say what Circle is? <laughs> well, Circle is a uh, we what we do is we make a uh, payments app. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a it's an app that you can kind of split the bill with your friends, uh, split the cost of a meal, split the uh, you know the beer, whatever. And interestingly, it works globally. Mm-hmm. Uh, this you can you can send value around to the other side of the world. You can do so for free. It doesn't cost you. There's not a transaction fee. And you can also change currency for free. Uh, or, or probably more accurately, I should say, at the mid-rate, whatever the mid-rate is. So mm-hmm. uh, you could go back and forth a thousand times and you're, you're, you'll still have exactly the same amount of money if the mid-rate doesn't change. Mm-hmm. So that's what we, we, we that's a consumer app that, that we make. We also, there are other parts of our business that are probably less visible. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a a trading desk that's very active, a cryptocurrency trading desk. So can you, I don't know how much you can explain about how it actually works. Um, I have no idea how it works. Okay. No, no, it's it's not (laughs) that bad. Like specifically, how can you build this and not have transaction fees? Yeah, you you know, you normally you can't. Uh, So we're a venture funded startup. And uh, we believe that the the cost of transactions uh, are going to zero. Okay. The cost of changing currency is going to zero. Uh, and so rather than just kind of wait for that to happen, we, we just were saying, okay, this is the new playing field. It is now free. And uh, you should just be able to, to send value around the world for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's what we're doing with our product. Okay, so you're not actually doing it for free today, but you're 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 making it free to the customers because yeah. you're a venture back and you believe that it will get there eventually. Well, I, you, you can never be actually free, but it'll be as yeah. as close to zero as possible. And certainly, the more you grow transactions, the the closer to zero you can get that transaction fee. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's something that that we're very focused on. You know, right now, if you look at well, certainly, uh, the cost of a transaction on the Bitcoin network is very you right. know, significant right now. It just so happens to be that way because there's uh, a lot of transactions trying to get into blocks. So you could pay, you know, a couple of dollars to to move money, which mm-hmm. is, uh, 
you know, uh, relatively high. So there are technologies that get around that, that help you out with that. Uh, there's a design pattern called uh, state channels that allow you to make updates at uh, a far faster rate and uh, for a lot lower of a cost. And so, yeah. are you actively doing those things now yeah. or are you working? Yeah. Yeah. So it's actually, it's a, it's a perfect segue. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> what we're working on, we have a, we have this uh, internal project that we're working on. Uh, it's codenamed Spark. And it is essentially a set of smart contracts and a state channel implementation that uh, you know, sort of make that happen. It's it's a universal way to move value back and forth, uh, but uh, to do it at a, a much lower transaction cost. Uh, it's a project that we will eventually open source and uh, and put out there in the world uh, for anyone to mm-hmm. download and use. And what's driving you to open source that? Uh, because we don't want to compete on building a better bank backend. We mm-hmm. feel like that should just be open uh, and and. You know, there should be a way for you to send value, any kind of value around the Internet uh, at Internet price, which is very nearly free. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like you can send email, just like you can send a text or whatever. You know, you can send a call, make a call to someone on the other side of the world and really not pay anything for it, anything mm-hmm. more for it. Mm-hmm. So why can't you move value? And and we believe that there should be a way to do this. There are ways that, that you know, kind of get sort of there but not all the way to the fees down to zero kind of a thing so so the idea is to build something and put it out there that actually does that mm-hmm. so, that's so if that's the, not how you want to compete then what is your basis of competition that's well so right now uh, circles consumer product is is mm-hmm. not uh you know we're not trying to make money with that mm-hmm. we, we feel like uh there are things that you do that actually cost you like things that cost you um you know in risk for example you take a you take some risk when you loan somebody money so maybe things like that would mm-hmm. you can make money in in those areas mm-hmm. there are myriad products you can think about uh that that sort of fall into that bucket mm-hmm. um so there might be interesting things there circle also of course makes money on its uh trading side mm-hmm. so yeah so why does this normally cost money? <laughs> like historically, uh, why does so, moving around cost right, money? So it cost used money? to make sense. Uh, there you used to be a manual process. You mm-hmm. used to have to have somebody, you know, pick up a phone and and you had to trust somebody to move your money for you and to move it a long distance, et cetera. Right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of infrastructure there, uh, and the system is architected in that way and mm-hmm. very much in a batch oriented way mm-hmm. like we'll do all the money movements overnight you you batch everything up during the day and you do you know money movements over the night etc so that's just old and clunky i mean frankly this was designed decades ago mm-hmm. um and it has slowly become more digital but it is nearing the end of its uh, capabilities. I mean, you can only speed that up so much. Mm-hmm. So you'll never reach the the real time nature of the internet. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just has a lot of inefficiencies built in. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but rather than creating an alternate system, it seems like Circle is trying to work within existing systems or leverage existing systems. Yeah, absolutely. So what we're doing is we're trying to connect the traditional financial network with the uh, the cryptocurrency world, essentially, you mm-hmm. know, money for the internet world. 
Uh, and, and the way you make that bridge is when you tie the two systems together, you kind of have to deal with the weakest link and the slowest link. And so that means you're basically bound by some of the, the slowness or the inefficiencies of the old system when tying it to the new. But once you get more and more players on the new, you get that network effect and, mm-hmm. you know, it, we're, we're off to the races. Mm-hmm. Was there something that when you started out, you expected it to be harder and it was actually easier than you expected? Uh, yeah, probably. I, I think the I really, we were really pretty surprised. I mean, I, I would have thought that at this point, a few years on, Bitcoin would be quite a bit more ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of technical kind of problems that exist wouldn't be there because mm-hmm. there would be uh, a bit more agreement on, you know, kind of the way to move forward. That sort of didn't turn out because mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, frankly, there's seems to be less ways to actually get and use Bitcoin and, and uh, certainly restaurants that used to accept it, you know, mm-hmm. the few fringe ones that did don't anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot less place for you to directly use it. And it kind of nudges you in the direction, wait a second, this is not really as much a payments network as it is a settlements network. It's kind yeah. of driving toward being a settlement network. Um, so that was that was kind of curious to see. But on the other side, you know, we've been very happily surprised about how well uh, trading has worked out for us. Over-the-counter trading has just mm-hmm. been a fantastic business for us and sort of you know, almost out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I know it must not have been out of nowhere, but... Uh, it, right. <laughs> and it, this is trading between cryptocurrencies or Yeah, trading between traditional fiat and cryptocurrencies and cryptocurrency to cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. but mostly, you know, into and out of fiat currencies. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not really deep in this, but from my outsider's perspective, it does seem like there was a lot of momentum behind Bitcoin and it seemed like what you're saying was, was true, which was it seemed like Bitcoin was going to be a bigger single deal than it was. And over the last maybe couple of years, it's changed and more other things became in the yeah. mix. I don't think it's not a big deal. Right. I think that's it's true. a huge deal. <laughs> right. But I don't think it's like, for example, you don't go to the store and buy a coffee for 0.0001 or however much Bitcoin yeah. is. They don't, you know, because Bitcoin is not, people don't think in Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. They think in dollars. They think in euros or mm-hmm. pounds sterling or whatever. So there are two ways to deal with that. One would be to just take the whatever product that you're trying to sell, switch it into Bitcoin, let the payment flow over the Bitcoin network and then pop back out at the end. So you have a currency conversion in the beginning and in the end. Or you could just use the idea and allow essentially IOU tokens for dollars, for euros, Mm. for pounds sterling to just flow over this network as well. It really depends on, you know, kind of which way you want to go with it. But uh, the way I see it, the way that we're seeing it is that Bitcoin and other blockchain uh, currencies are really trending toward being settlement networks. Mm-hmm. Even even ones that are highly transactional still tend to be settlement in nature. And, you know, you can you can do many, many more transactions with, a, you know, f- much more simply through a state channel than you can with a, a blockchain. And it gives you some very interesting capabilities. I mean, it's a lot faster. You can do 
it costs us, between the two of us, if we set up a state channel. I do a cryptographic operation when I propose a version of the state, and you do a cryptographic operation uh, signing it, essentially saying, mm -hmm. okay, that's the new state. And that's it. We, that's all we need to do to move value between us. The other thing, because the, the value is moving between us, it's private between us. Mm -hmm. So you don't broadcast every detail of every transaction forever and have everybody record it publicly. It's just much more efficient that way. Mm -hmm. So you get speed, you get privacy, and you get uh, cost of transaction down to near zero. Mm -hmm. How is that what you described for State Channel different than how it works today? Well, so if you were to use a credit card to purchase yeah. our mythical cup of coffee, mm -hmm. so you're using lots of pieces of a pie that maybe you don't necessarily want to use. For example, you actually are taking a slight bit of revolving credit. You mm -hmm. may not need yep. to do that. You may just have the money. <laughs> right. So you, you take that little bit of credit. The merchant has a deal with, the, uh, with a credit card you know, processing company, a gateway of some mm -hmm. sort. They have deals with, uh, there's, you know, a whole set of banks behind there. There's issuing banks and, mm -hmm. and whatnot. And, and the transaction for it to be cleared, one vouches for another, et cetera. And then finally, at the end of the day, usually at the end of the day, uh, the merchant gets paid. The merchant's bank account gets paid by the, by the you know, the settlement at the end. So there's all these pieces that go. And, and of course, I didn't even talk about this dispute resolution network that exists, right, but you've right. got these parties that you can go back to if you claim you didn't purchase that cup of coffee or whatever. That's a very different and sort of multi-hop and requiring a lot of trust that mm -hmm. you otherwise might not need to mm -hmm. uh, in, in sort of the new way to do it. Yeah. And so the new way to do it is opening up a channel <laughs> between mm -hmm. you and I directly yeah. and that is backed by our banks directly like well, we're communicating so, right it could be uh it mm. would be ba it could be backed by somebody vouching for you or you could just lock up some value that you have on mm. a chain mm. and I'll do the same okay. and then let's say you have you have uh you know we'll just keep it simple you have $10 and I have $10 and I want to send a dollar to you so I I change the state and I say I have 9 and you have 11 mm. and I sign that I pose that state and you sign it. And now we have effectively moved the money. And at the end of the day, if uh, you know we decide to settle this channel, yeah. whatever the latest version of the state is, in other words, you have 11, I have nine, gets broadcasted on the network. And okay, via you, blockchain. Right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, they, they do the play together. They're they not, do. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it, right. It's you know building on a blockchain, how you can move value back and forth. But it certainly does require a blockchain and whatever you know methods that that are around that to to secure that uh, mm -hmm. that value. So Circle works with both cryptocurrencies and normal banks, right? Yeah, with, with normal currencies. So, yeah. are you maintaining a blockchain of your own, like internally, to keep track of all of that stuff? Is that how it's working? Not yet. Okay. So right now, in the product that we have deployed, when we say blockchain, we effectively mean the Bitcoin blockchain. Okay. So it's just a public blockchain that we use, and, mm -hmm. and, and that's it. It's pretty simple. Moving forward, as, as I mentioned, this uh, Spark project that we're working yeah. on, ultimately that is implemented on potentially a number of different blockchains, but initially will be Ethereum. 
And uh, in in that case, we will be uh, using the Ethereum blockchain to essentially to settle these channels Mm -hmm. um, where we we move value back and forth. And then at the end of the day or the end of the week or or potentially never, we settle the channel Mm -hmm. uh, and actually move the the value. Cool. So what would you say are some of the challenges that you face in order to execute? Uh, on these ideas? <laughs> well, I got to say we're running really fast and there's there's so much to do and uh, yeah. it's, 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 it's relatively daunting, I guess, but uh, ultimately we'll get there. It's a question of expertise, having all the expertise that you need to get it done. It's, it's mm-hmm. really a, uh, you know, it's, uh, we're, we're biting off a lot. It's a big project to sort of uh, dive into and, and build. And uh, we've learned a lot over the last couple of years. And if you think about it, in a sense, we're we're sort of throwing away <laughs> yeah. the core of what we've built and mm-hmm. uh, starting from scratch again and, and rebuilding this open source thing that will eventually completely replace our our uh, internal system so you can you know that's akin to taking the engine and wings and whatnot off of an airplane when it's flying that whole you know, <laughs> yeah. metaphor and not only replace what you've done but because it's open source hopefully help other people replace uh, yeah right and, and encourage a community around it and interest other partners in it because it's only interesting if uh, many other big partners are using it, mm-hmm. uh, are implementing it, and you can interact with them. I mean, that's that's what it's all about, the value of that network. Mm-hmm. Um, if that network is tiny, it's not as interesting. So, yeah, there are a lot of moving parts, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So if Circle succeeds, help me, help me understand how things would be different, you know, wh- however long it takes, <laughs> yeah. two years, five years, ten years. Like, where are we going? Where, how do things look? Ultimately, it's yet the realization of the promise of the HTTP of money, right? Mm-hmm. The, the way to move value around the internet and, and not just moving value, but rich information with it, lots of meta information with it. If that's something that we pose and, you know, everyone else in the world likes it and goes with it, then great. Uh, if it's not, if there's something better, then great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a huge pie. There's no sense in, right. you know, kind of trying to you know, defend off, you know, try to take the entire thing. I, I think that would be quite impossible. Yeah. So right now your consumer product is person-to-person payments, but your technology could be used for yeah. vendor, you know, buying things, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're focused on the internet of payments, but mm-hmm. d- would it work in brick-and-mortar locations? How would yeah. that work? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're you're right. You you put your finger on it. We're We're building a consumer app. Uh, mm-hmm. The obvious next thing that that is out there are would be merchants. How mm-hmm. do you get interest the merchants, the brick and mortar merchants, in in running nodes that are able to take payment like this? There's going to be a great business in that, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's a whole infrastructure behind it as well. Uh, you can't just run a node and accept value and be done with it. I mean, you, you're going to be regulated. You're going to have know your customer and anti-money laundering mm-hmm. uh, requirements put on you. And if you if you just ignore them, then you know you would have a problem. So I think there'll be KYC and AML vendors. There'll be you know all kinds of different players here. It's really not just the the ones that you sort of directly see. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be, I think, a large ecosystem. Um, yeah. There's a lot of room in it. To me, that seems 
pretty far away. Is that accurate or do you disagree? Well, I hope not. (laughs) I don't think it is. I gather that it'll take a long time for uh, sort of the the traditional players to get there. Mm -hmm. But I think the the promise is really not that far away. Um, yeah. we should be able to to do this, you know, within the next five right. years or so. Should be. I think practical. so. I, I'm just thinking out loud here. I'm thinking what would need to change for like me to go to a coffee shop and and buy the coffee with non <laughs> with not my credit card, right? Yeah. And I realized as I am thinking through it, while like you said, there's so many pieces involved currently. My interface today when I do that, if I get my way, is to use Apple Pay, just Mm -hmm. NFC payment at the terminal. Mm -hmm. So it's all distilled basically down into an app that is being used. Yeah. And all of those individual pieces are abstracted away at this point for me. And Mm -hmm. so they could be eliminated in the Mm -hmm. future, and I wouldn't even notice Yeah. in theory. Hopefully. Right. <laughs> right. So it's interesting you bring up Apple Pay, right? That's an implementation that lives very well, works very well through the traditional card right. networks. Right. I don't think that's ultimately how we get to right. this nirvana we're talking about. There's got to be a payment channel that sort of leapfrogs that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're getting at a great point. The ecosystem is an enormous thing. It's got You've got to have that app on your phone because very likely – you're going to trust a company or a third party, I should say, to manage a lot of this for you because mm-hmm. you're not going to want to run a node on your phone or have value on your phone. You lose your private keys. You've lost your money kind of mm-hmm. thing. Consumers don't know or want to do that, I don't mm-hmm. think. Remember a number that that you keep and you never tell anybody else, but you never forget it forever. That's really hard to do. Yeah. So there, that implies that there's an ecosystem there. There's some kind of a representative, uh, you know, traditionally we call it a bank, mm-hmm. but there's some kind of a representative there that's holding your value and you've got uh, channels that that's probably running state channels with all the important merchants uh, mm-hmm. or at least gets in enough to that network that you can go from A to B to C to get to everywhere you're going to go. The Providers of the software on your phone could be many. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't have to just be one, mm-hmm. as long as it follows the standard. Uh, so yeah, I think it's a very rich ecosystem, and there's a lot of room. It's not, uh, you know, it's not small by any means. Yeah, yeah. Is there a risk that because of the things you just said, where individuals are likely going to trust an entity to do this for them, that kind of thing, that we actually just end up somewhat back in the same place that we started with? Visa, MasterCard, or other banks providing these services and charging the fees and doing everything that they do today? Yeah, that's one way to look at it. I don't think that we get all the way back there because, Mm -hmm. first of all, the cost of delivering data around the world is not what it used to be. Mm -hmm. So it will not cost what it costs now. Right. You're, you're not going to have to pay a fee for, uh, you know, a bounce check kind of a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Well, none of that's going to be right. there. Right, Sort of the traditional places to make money that, that banks are doing today. Like if you're going to send $5 to somebody else at another bank, your options are essentially to do an ACH and wait three days 
or do some kind of a relatively quick payment that costs you $15. Mm-hmm. That's not going to be there. There's not going to be that transaction cost. There's not going to be that delay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I argue that there'll still be uh, different players there that manage different pieces, but they'll be paid for things that they that actually take them cost them risk mm-hmm. uh, or cost them something. And ultimately, because I believe this is all going to an open world here, you could run a node all on your phone if you wanted and right. do it all yourself. You right. could. That's an option, right? You can run a web server. I was going to use somewhere. that analogy <laughs> right, exactly. if you didn't, so I'm glad you did. So yeah. So uh, and the same is true of email. I could run my own right. my own email server, but it's actually it's so much better to leverage the the capabilities of of Gmail or something else. Mm-hmm. So I I trust a service provider to do it for me. But I can very easily run my own if I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people won't, and mm-hmm. I think the same will be true in the financial world. Mm-hmm. So do you consider what Circle is doing and the technologies that you're building disruptive? Uh, It's a tough question. You would think, you know, oh, definitely. But I don't know if it follows the classic definition of what disruption is. Yeah. The Christensen definition from... You're headed in exactly the direction I wanted to (laughs) go. Uh, It may be a low-end disruption in Mm -hmm. some areas, but it doesn't really follow the classic definition. So mm-hmm. I don't know that I can call it that. Mm-hmm. Uh, is yeah. that a cop-out answer? I no, I, it's sort of what I expected. I think you can, you know, the word disruption is thrown around a lot, obviously, and um, but it has a specific definition according to the Christensen uh, theory, I guess, yeah. model. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it needs to be low end. It needs to, in theory, cost less, which yeah. it does, uh, in theory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it needs to not do the job necessarily as well as traditional yeah. models, but yeah. then find its niche and be able to lever up from there. Right. I think it can do that, but... Right, but it doesn't... It's not exactly that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's better in, in some cases. It's worse in sort of the right cases. Nobody's using Bitcoin to buy a coffee because it doesn't... Right. You know, but... That's fixable. And, you know, what's the purpose of Bitcoin from day one to be so that your coffee would be denominated in it? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe not. I guess it really depends on where you want to draw that line. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the reason yeah. why I asked the question that way, you yeah. probably gathered, is because you co-host another podcast. Yes, <laughs> I do. Called The Critical Path. Mm-hmm. And well, so there is a tagline to the podcast, but how would you describe the podcast? Well, I would describe the podcast as kind of like a monologue. <laughs> uh, I get on and I, I intro Horace Dedu, who, who talks because, I mean, you know, it's, he's basically the, the guy you want to hear. Mm-hmm. And just for some background, so, so Horace and Clay Christensen kind of work together uh, in, a, in a number of different uh, places over time. And he's a student of disruption, disruptive theory. Mm-hmm. And so we, we talk a lot about it. And, and the interesting thing about it, I would uh, argue, is that we're trying to look at a, a range of different industries and, you know, kind of products and, and whatnot through the lens of things that 
potentially may or may not be disruptive or whatever, just kind of mm-hmm. get an idea of what's going on through the lens of Apple as a, you know, just a model. Because mm-hmm. Apple is such an unusual company, uh, aside from the fact that it's so huge, it's built in a, you know, it's a, it's like a functional company. Right. It's built like the a military almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have a head of the iPhone and this person only does iPhone and then somebody else is the head of the watch and they only do that. And people shift back and forth across all the products and they do, you know, it's just built in a very different way than, than right. uh, what your typical company is. So Especially your typical large company, as absolutely. I understand it. Like yeah. it's, it's common that you might have a general engineering department, like that in smaller companies you have sort of roles and you uh, turn your attention to a product or a project and you lend that role to it and you form teams. But in bigger companies, it's much more common to to have departments centered around a product yeah, or a service yeah. and to just have engineering under that product. Yeah. And Apple doesn't work that way. It doesn't. And it's so fascinating yeah. because it causes this ability to cannibalize your own products yeah. in such a way that would just, you know, not work mm-hmm. in, in organizations organized in different ways. Yeah. So we talk about that. I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. It's fun. And you talk, like you said, it's using Apple as a lens to look at other industries, typically. Right. You talk a lot about Apple, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know that there's an industry you haven't touched on. So, I, um, But cars is a big one. What are some others? Financial, Hollywood, we Hollywood talked about for yep, a while. Finance, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. uh-huh. it, it, it's Sure, it's all over the place. Yeah. Um, and then obviously a, a lot of comparing and contrasting you know, Apple versus Facebook and Google and Amazon and, Amazon, and that kind of that's thing. That's right, yeah. 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 yeah, which are all so different if you mm-hmm. really dive. It's neat. So if you haven't guessed, I'm a fan. <laughs> um, so Appreciate I do it. listen to The Critical Thank Path. You. And um, if people want to um, check it out, where's the best place for them to, to do that? Uh, if you go to 5x5.tv slash critical path, or I think if you just go to 5x5.tv, it's one of the, it's one yeah. of the you'll see an icon for it. Uh, that's the best way to get to it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, thanks for that. I love the show. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> Appreciate it. So do you do that on the side? Oh, yeah. Do yeah. you record at all crazy times to work around? You know, <laughs> so I had a daughter. Mm-hmm. And uh, so our normal recording time kind of went out the window. Congratulations, so I gotta, by the thank way. Thank you. <laughs> we have to record when she's asleep. Okay. Uh, so we, we it's usually, you know, and the other thing is Horace is like. Travels know, a lot, right? Yeah, he's, he's in Hong Kong and then he's in Finland and then he's, you know, mm-hmm. I find him in Bonn and like, it's ridiculous. Who knows where he's going to connect from? Mm-hmm. But he usually does. And we, mm-hmm. you know, so sometimes it's uh, two o'clock in the morning, but usually it's, mm-hmm. you know, some point in yeah. our evening. So you originally didn't co-host the show. Yeah, right. Did you ever talk about on the show how you came think we to did. be the co-host? <laughs> Is it okay to talk about? Sure. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm curious. How did that, how did that happen? How did that so, come about? I met Horace at an event at Harvard, I think. Mm. And then he introduced me to a friend of his, and I ended up, Farshad and I, I ended up doing a bunch of uh, work with him and got to know him quite well. And long story short, the, the I think I believe I'm like the third host. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. And, and it started with Dan Benjamin. Which was fantastic. You know, runs the 5 by 5 network. Right. And, yeah. and they, I think they made a book of the first season and, mm-hmm. and, I mean, that's I. I was a fan. I was a lackey, you know, early on. 
and then it went to Moises, and then mm-hmm. uh, at at some point, I think Moises was going to you know working on other projects and kind of you know moving away. So uh, he was looking around for somebody else, and I just happened to be there. And so uh, Farsha told Horace, "Hey, why don't you have Anders come and do this?" And so mm-hmm. we did a uh, we actually started in person. It was one I think it was one of the first times the Critical Path was recorded in person, yeah. and we did that actually a number of times in person. And it's just been you know basically all Horace needs is somebody to to kind of team up and and get him talking because the guy's like yeah. a walking Wikipedia. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. Uh, so you just want to hear his line of thinking and where he's going because he's he dives into things that I just haven't had the time to. Mm-hmm. So it's fun to just kind of be along for the ride. I guess yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. uh, it's good. Yeah. Do you know what each episode is going to be about before you start? Yeah, we generally okay. talk about it, but it's I don't like to jump in and have like have a huge back yeah. history and right. we kind of rehash what. So it's generally just topic areas we're going to talk about and mm-hmm. you know maybe we will generally talk about of course whatever sponsor we're we're, mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about. Uh, but aside from that, it's pretty, you know, he, he wings it quite a bit yeah. and, and it's, uh, it works extremely well. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I don't know because, he, you know, but I think if he planned more, you might not end up in some of the deep areas that, exactly. that you do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and it, which is great because, you know, you can always ask for more and dig for more and there'll be something there, which yeah. is kind of fun. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes what starts as like the aside at the beginning of the episode <laughs> right. turns into the entire yeah, episode. Right. And, and we don't like, get wow, to what we great. were supposed yeah, to. Exactly. So yeah, you're, you're getting in long to, yeah, yeah it's, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> and then you talk about that next time. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, hopefully, you know, yeah. if somebody hasn't uh, started tweet storm on some other topic. Yeah. So, yeah. So is there anything else that you want to talk about or feel like you want to get out that we haven't covered? You know, you you basically talked me into talking about uh, our little project called Spark. Uh, yeah. And, and that's that's what I'm, you know, that's what I'm chief evangelizing about. Uh, I'm very interested in getting people that are interested in that up to speed on what it is. And the other thing is is really our trading desk. We we do a lot of cryptocurrency trading, and we're sort of open for business there. There's this mentality in the industry that when we used to be able to buy and sell Bitcoin directly with the Circle app, mm-hmm. now that you can no longer do that, people have thought that we don't do that anymore. When okay. In fact, we actually do in, at a many orders of magnitude larger scale. So how do people do that with you now? Well, they, it's actually a traditional over-the-counter type of an arrangement where mm-hmm. you contact us directly. If you want to uh, get involved, you you send an email to treasury at circle.com and uh, we can get you set up. And, and mm-hmm. that's how that – it's all deals that are, that are quoted and negotiated manually. Huh. But they're, they're larger in size, I yeah. should say. You know, yeah. You're not going to buy $5 of Bitcoin this way. Right. As typically 100000 or, yeah. or more. Was that a difficult transition or an easy one? Or it was actually like... a necessary thing okay. because in order to provide Bitcoin for our customers to buy, we had to have it in the first place. Yeah. So we had to go buy it in the market. And there are two ways to do that. One is to talk directly to miners or whatever, people that have it, mm-hmm. or to buy it on the screens, on the exchanges, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so we did both of those things, mm-hmm. and uh, we continue to do both of those okay. things. Uh, so we kind of, it was a business that we had to have, and now has happily become a pretty pretty significant one. Mm-hmm. And did you know going in that the app was eventually going to change to be the consumer payments? 
No, the intention from day one was to make a consumer app yeah. uh, and to grow that. The sort of the vision is quite a bit larger than that yeah. because, of course, it does include trading and 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 stuff like that and other products that will eventually launch, mm-hmm. um, but in the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And if people want to get the app, yeah, get go to uh, the App Store, whichever App Store it is, and uh, search for Circle Pay and download and zap money around. Cool. Yeah. And if people want to get in touch with you directly, uh, I am Anders ninety four on Twitter. Uh, that's probably the easiest, or you can email me, uh, Anders at Circle.com. Thanks so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for your opportunity. That about does it for today's episode. You can find show notes for this episode at giantrobots.fm slash 250. This podcast is brought to you by ThoughtBot and recorded and produced by Tom Obarski. See you next time.